At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit RedBarnInc.com to save a dollar on Red Barn grain-free canned food. Blog Talk Radio. My body is a cage that keeps me from dancing with the one I love, but my mind holds the key. My body is a cage that keeps me from dancing with the one I love, but my mind
time on Wednesday, April 15th, 2015, and you are listening to Boy Crazy Radio. This is the live broadcast of Boy Crazy Radio. What is Boy Crazy Radio, you ask? Well, let me explain. Boy Crazy Radio is a call-in advice show for anyone and everyone out there. Yes, even you. Uh, Are any of you out there sad, lonely, gay, straight, bisexual? Uh, maybe you're newly single or are you stuck in a miserable relationship you're just too much of a puss to get out of are you a cutter a shit talker uh perhaps a total high school nerd who grips the straps of your dumb jansport backpack that's covered in whiteout and patches for bad bands that you bought at hot topics way too tight is that you does that describe you oh i'm gonna keep trying are you sitting in the middle of your shitty little bedroom just binge eating and picking at your face? Are you a person who is looking for love, answers, guidance, direction, or maybe just hoping to feel a little bit less alone? Are you experiencing a shame spiral because of that stupid, desperate thing that you did at that party last weekend? Are all of your friends total assholes who talk shit behind your back and then smile to your face? Is the guy or girl that you like not responding to all of your text messages that you've sent without getting a single response in, re- in reply? Uh, are they not responding to all your Facebook posts, your retweets, and or your Instagram likes? Huh. Dad, cheating on your mom? With you? Holy fucking shit, this is a crisis, and I want to help. Do you need a pep talk? Do you need a pep talk in the form of a slap in the face, in the form of a radio show? then this is your goddamn lucky day because that is exactly what Boy Crazy Radio is for, all right? So pick up your smartphone and punch in these numbers, 646-378-0649. You found your safe haven. I'm not lying. This is for real. For whatever reason, I'm an only child. I've got a lot of energy, and uh, I actually give great advice. I promise you, I do. Uh, You know, do as I say, not as I do. Let me be the shoulder that you cry on. All right? Listen, if you're also just happening, you know, if you, if you want to connect, if you want to reach out, if you want to call in, but you're just too scared because you think somebody will recognize you or you just don't even know what a phone call is anymore because it's 2015 and what is a phone call? Here's what I want you to do. You can also tweet in your questions and tweet those questions to ask Alexi Wasser, A-L-E-X-I-W-A-S-S-E-R, or you could even send me an email with all the pertinent information and send that email to boycrazyalexi at gmail.com. Now, tonight, you've got all the info. Tonight, I have a very, very, very special guest. I'm so excited to have him. Uh, I, will, I will catch him in in a moment. Uh, he's the writer-director of a film that I love. I just saw it. It's called The Automatic Hate. It was, it was an official selection at the 2015 uh, South by Southwest Film Festival. It was that the, the Automatic Hate premiered, had its world premiere at the 2015 South by Southwest Film Festival. It's kind of a big deal. Ever heard of it? I have. What are you, what are you living under a rock? Uh, also, just to uh, keep getting excited, because we should be very excited, uh, it was named, oh, IndieWire named the Automatic Hate, one of the top ten films at South by Southwest this year. So it just keeps getting better for the Automatic Hate, and you're going to see it soon too. I know you will. But before you see it, 
we're going to get to know the writer-director of the automatic date very well, uh, and he's going to even be helping with all your love, relationship, sex, dating questions, so, you know, whatever it is you want to talk about, and you can even get first-hand filmmaking advice from him. How exciting is that? Uh, I'm going to pass him through. Uh, his name is Justin Lerner. Justin Lerner, the writer and director of The Automatic Hate. Are you there? Hey, Alexi. How's it going? It's I'm, good. I'm a little you, nervous. You, why? Little nervous You're nervous? Because I'm, I'm, I'm such a big fan of yours. Oh, I don't believe that. I can't believe that. <laughs> I, I, I have to say I have I read your blogs. I know I'm not a girl, but I do read your blogs sometimes. And... Uh, actually, I make a lot of films about fucked up and taboo relationships. So I was like, when you asked me to come on, I was, I was really, I was really excited. Actually, I, 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 I've listened to you before. I've actually heard you been interviewing a few people who are filmmakers from South by Southwest, uh, who had films at South by Southwest. So, um, yeah, uh, thank you for uh, having me on. I guess. Thank you for being on the show. Now, this is incredible. I'm so lucky to have you because I have a million questions for you, and uh, I'm just glad that you wanted to be on the show. So that's like makes me feel important and special and cool, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to learn. And we're, all, we're actually already getting phone calls from various area codes I've never heard of, like area code 505, so I'll be in a minute. 505? Um, what the hell is 505? I'm going to Google that. We're going right to we're gonna find out in a moment, but do you feel ready to, like, give advice and read some emails and uh, and talk about your film, obviously, and, like, you know, but, but maybe also save some lives? Yeah, I, I'm willing to – I'll follow you. I'll follow your lead. You're, you're the advice giver, but I'm totally down to ride shotgun with you on this okay. if you if you will have me. Of course. Well you're here and having you. This is great. Let's, let's just get let me just get some plugs. Let me just get some plugs out of the way just so I make sure I say everything properly and like, you know, praise you in, in the in, in the best way and uh get all of my facts straight. Okay. So the movie sure. is called The The Automatic Case. Uh it was directed by you, Justin Lerner, and written by just so I don't pitch her off, written by you, Justin <laughs> Lerner and a woman named Catherine O'Brien, who I have, I've actually met before. I know I know this woman. I'm sure you do, actually. She might have been there the night that you – I met you um, after uh, a screening of the Downtown Independent. I think we were watching a, a movie called The Color Wheel by Alex yes. Ross Perry yes. in L.A., and I think I met you after it. This was years ago, but I think Catherine might have been there. She's my writing partner on some movies. Uh, and, yeah, we wrote the movie together. But I think she might have oh been there goodness. the night that I, I met you after the Alex Ross Perry movie, uh, the Downtown Independent. Was that you? You I, were there, right? Yes. I, now I totally remember. Because I, I didn't see the color wheel at the Downtown Independent, but I met up with my friends. Uh, I met up with my friends, one of which – one of – okay, I, and – we all went for drinks. So it was you, me. Are we allowed to say you have a girlfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? I do, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, she was there. Yes, she was. Yeah, she was there. She was there. You were having a long-distance relationship, right? Oh, my God. You remember. That's crazy. Yes. yes. Of course. That, oh, and, and, I, and now I even remember there was, like, this sultry. Now that I'm putting the pieces together, this must have been your writing partner. I did not know her at that point, but this sultry you know, leggy, oh, my God, a bombshell, bombshell rolls in, and, and she was all, like, kind of, uh, she talked to you, and she was kind of quiet, and then, like, and then just, like, 
was all slinky and got out of it. She's she's very beautiful uh, and and also very smart and talented. Let's not forget those two things. Now, Um, wait a minute. Now, now I'm putting the pieces together. How the hell... Does, would your girlfriend let you have that have Catherine as your writing partner? Because I'm getting upset right now. Like I'm a nutcase when I date a person. When I'm in love and I'm dating someone, I get really jealous. So do you you and your do you and your girlfriend ever get like in weird heated arguments about uh, Catherine? Who who doesn't get in arguments if you've been with somebody long enough um, about Catherine? Not really. Because here's the thing: I feel like if you've been friends with someone longer than you've been with your girlfriend, that's a relationship that your girlfriend doesn't get to kind of challenge. You know what I mean? I've been friends with Catherine since we were interns together at the Weinstein Company like almost 10 years ago when we were, when I was in film school and when she was not even in film school yet. Um, and then, you know, we've been best friends for so many years. And then I met my girlfriend. And so she's, you know, I think that you kind of get any – female relationships that you have when you start dating. I mean, you can totally disagree with me, Alexi, but that's as no. the excuse I use. <laughs> no, right? This is, great. is that, is that you're, okay? You're to- no, you're totally right about all of this. I'm just saying that that doesn't mean that I wouldn't be completely unfair and yell at my boyfriend and be like, hey, what's that all about? Are you in love with her? Like, I would just go ballistic. Like, if I was going to be if I were PMSing and uh, just feeling inclined to be a nut, I would totally use that as a way to start a fight about something. But that's my problem. Well, here, I'm here, here's the thing, though. I think, I think um, two things. One, uh, I think we probably have had those conversations early on in the relationship, right? Because, but yeah. but not, not just about Catherine, but about any friend that I have that happens to be a pretty girl. But, um, and here's how I'm going to get some points. My girlfriend is equally as beautiful, so... There's no true. competition yeah. going on there. Very, so. very true. <laughs> yes. Very true. Um, no, um, but I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, it, it, it's definitely always uh, a thing. But if you saw Catherine and I together, we bicker and and horse around like like brothers, brother and sister. It's a very oh. brother sister okay. relationship that we have. Okay. Um, so I saw that. Also, I they're saw friends. Catherine, Catherine and my girlfriend are, are, are friends. They hang out. Okay. So, well, so listen, listen, I solved that problem. So there's no problem there. Everything's cool. Let's get back to the movie. So you guys wrote it together. You're not having a love affair. You guys are just together. Nope. You're writing partners. You're friends. Now, here's the thing. I don't even know where to begin. This is, I don't know how much I can say about, about, the, automatic, about the automatic hate. Here's what I know. So I'm telling my listeners. This is my experience. Yes. All right? It's a movie just, about. Just, I'm just going to be, what? What are you saying? Just be, be careful. Just be careful. I mean, we are, absolutely, say whatever you want. There are just some very... There's some secret like, spoilers we don't want to give away, for sure. Oh, my God. But, I'm probably going to – I mean, what? I no, mean, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Listen. No, no, this no. Is all go I can ahead, say. Go ahead. This is all I can say to my audience, and then, listen, nobody's listening anyway. Here we go. Okay. The Automatic <laughs> Hate is a movie about family secrets. It's about love. It's about making choices. It's about following your heart or not following your heart maybe listening to your brain only, and it's also about incest. So how can we talk? What can we talk You can totally talk about the incest, by the way. The incest is not a secret. You can you can definitely talk about that. We can talk about that if you'd like. I mean, but here's my know, question. Yeah. Who hasn't ever yeah. had a crush on their cousin? Like, growing up, like, when you're little, who hasn't, when you're little, at least, you know, had a teeny crush on your cousin? I, Alexi, 
I'm sure you've had at least five. No, no, listen, here's what I'm going to say. Here are some things that I will reveal since you and I are opening this discussion on on the show tonight. I Mm -hmm. have crushes on family members, but I definitely know when I was like, when I was very oversexed and very young, I remember two weird things happening. I was never molested, I don't think, and I was never raped, but I remember like going over to friends of family's houses and having like my little girl childhood friends and we'd want to make out with boys, but boys weren't as mature as us and they weren't all sexualized. And what we would do is my little girlfriend and I, who was not related to me, we would go, let's pretend our feet are having sex. And then our, we pretend to have sex with our feet, but then we'd end up like kissing and like touching each other and doing stuff. And then another time I, I went over to a friend's house, my friend's house. And, uh, her big brother, maybe this relates more to this girl's this girl and her big brother, but we played this game where we'd go into a closet. We're all like seven years old or eight, maybe not even that old, and we'd go into a closet with her big brother, who seemed super old, but now he may have been like eleven, and we would like mm-hmm. probably like touch each other in the closet. I don't know what we'd do. Maybe we'd kiss. Maybe we would like. I don't know what we'd do now. I wish I never said any of this, but this I is I'm. To- I'm- <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm really enjoying this, by the way, but I I'm still kind of hung up on how feet have sex with other feet. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like it was just like, you're, like sultry toes sultry intermingling foot. or what? Yes, toes intertwined, uh, very soft, sensual, like foot touching, and then. But now I'm gonna get back to being in that closet with that like <laughs> 11 year old boy. Maybe he was 13, but I think he was 11, and I was in a closet with him. I don't even remember what happened, but the weird thing is. Her, his sister was my age, and his sister would go in the closet too, and she'd have her session in the closet, and then I'd have my session in the closet. And then years later, years later when I was in my early 20s, many years later, I saw her at our mutual friend's wedding, and we're all adults now, and I said, hey, why do you look so familiar? Oh, yeah, we used to go in the closet with you and your brother. And she looked at me, (laughs) and she turned white, and she had so much shame attached to it, and then I told our mutual friend, the bride, and she went, oh, oh no, you didn't bring us the, the closet sessions from, from back in the day. And I was like, oh, no. Um, that's what you called them, the closet sessions? I think but you I just, just started like them. a – oh, okay. I mean, look, and you weren't related to any of them. So, And, and, and just for the record, I've this is a completely fictional film that I made, but, you know, I, I don't want anyone out there thinking that I, like, you know – slept with my or even had any sort of romance with any of my cousins but but it's it's an interesting thing to bring up for just complicated relationships but it seems to me that even though you haven't either Alexi you seem to have it, it's taking you down some sort of like kind of perverse like experimental path which is which is good I think that it's well yeah you, know, it's even, bringing up you can't relate yeah. directly but there's something kind of it's bringing up something right well, it brings. It made me pet. think of other people I knew as a kid who may have been like related, who were like making out. But it's only because there's like, nobody else around. Your movie is slightly different, but I won't get into the details. But here's what I want to know: Where did yeah. the story come from? Where did the story yeah. come from? And you've already answered my next question, which was: Have you had sex with your cousin or sister? <laughs> which is a no. The answer is no to both of those. Yeah. Okay. Brother. Um, Brother, no, no, absolutely not. And I doubt he's listening, but I'm sure he's heaving a, a, a nice sigh of relief if if he is. 
listening to that. Okay. Um, I have a younger brother and a younger sister. We're, we're very close. We're good friends. Um, they both live in Boston. I, I live out here in Los Angeles. Um, you know, I'm close with my cousins as well. Um, the ones on, on, uh, uh, my, uh, my mom's side who I, you know, grew up with and yeah, nothing. It's completely fictional film. I will say though, that I think, and this is like not a hundred percent backed up by fact, but my mother tells me that one of my great grandparents married her cousin, but this was in Italy, like over a hundred years ago. So wait, in, what in, happened now? Wait, what? Your, I, your, your, my, what? I, I think if you go back far enough in my family lineage, I think on my mom's side, I think that my, one of my great grandmothers married her cousin. Her, her cousin. Okay. Uh, I didn't know this though, and I still don't know. This is a hundred percent. It could be a second cousin, but I think that that's true. And if I mean, that's not where the movie came from, by the way. The movie came from completely different ideas and impulses, but, but, um, I mean, if you've seen the Wolf of Wall Street, Jonah Hill is married to his first cousin and he has kids with them, that character in that movie. So, I mean, oh, it is yeah. done sometimes, you know? So I, it's not like this movie is breaking any, I'd like, I mean, it's much different, but, but anyway, um, the idea for this movie came from just, I'm really obsessed with taboo relationships and things that are not particularly like, um, accepted by society. My first movie was about a kid with Down syndrome who has a romantic slash sexual relationship with a young single mother. Um, that movie was called Girlfriend. And I just, I really like putting people in this hey, kind of sticky, almost... Un- wait, wait, hold on. You were oh. breaking up. Are, oh, you on, hi. Are, you on a cell, are you on a cell phone? I am, but, but can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> okay. So sorry. Okay. Where did where did I leave off? I said that I was more in, I'm more interested in just taboo relationships in general. I'm I'm just I'm just interested in in relationships where maybe society frowns upon them or it puts you in a situation where you you go into it thinking there's no way I would get behind these two people hooking up. And then slowly over the course of the movie you kind of warm up to it and almost by the end want them to get together and want them to get it get it on. And I think Ultimately, or you're you're okay with it, and so with my first film, I was trying to make that a reality by you know making this relationship make sense by the end of the film, and I think with this one too, that's what I'm 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 trying to push the boundaries of what people will think is socially acceptable slash normal, you know, and and so and so the two cousins thing, it's just uh uh close enough like blood wise that it's a little bit icky but it's just far enough away that you know if they're really attractive like why not <laughs> you know it's not that yeah and another thing you know what i mean here's what i do and another thing is um it's interesting because and this is not too much of a spoiler because it happens kind of early on in the movie that you find this out i mean they're only i mean this happens right in the beginning they only just meet, you know. They, it's not like yeah. they grew up together. And you and you you were so smart to put that in twice with the, with the whatever. I, I'm not giving that too. You know, you see them meet. They they've not grown up. They have no awareness of one another. And uh, but anyway, I'm putting a pin in all of that. Before I take this first call, because he's been waiting for a long time, this area code 505 person. Um, I just want you to give me one sentence that uh, describes your film, that explains your film. 
Uh, okay, so just like kind of like the the one line like pitch yeah. or whatever the log line. Yeah. Okay, so Davis Green, uh, a chef in Boston, living with his girlfriend, is visited by a young, alluring woman who claims to be his first cousin. Um, he he and this is longer than one line. I'm sorry, it's two sentences. No. Uh, he he discovers that his father's been hiding a uh, a younger brother that he hasn't met in 30 years he hasn't talked to in 30 years and he goes up to upstate new york to his cousin's uncle and aunt's hippie pot growing pig farm up in upstate new york and with his cousin uh the girl cousin who came to visit him comes like looks uh they're trying to figure out what happened between their dads the what's the what's the shocking secret that broke their families apart and while they're investigating together what happened they're slowly falling for each other all right let's leave it at that we got to take this all right and we're going to take this 505 area code it could be a question for advice uh asking for advice who knows um area code 505 you're on the air on boy crazy radio hi hi what's your name how old are you and where are you calling from uh my name's guy i'm calling from massachusetts and i'm 28 What's happening? Say hi to Justin Lerner. What's going on? Justin Lerner. Um, What's up, guy? Hey. So I had a question about my mom. Is that All okay? Right. Is that a, too much of a change of direction? No, this is great. We're here. To, we're here for you. We're here for everything. Okay. <laughs> so I'm moving away in the fall to go to grad school. I feel like this is gonna be really boring. But my no. mom. And not handle it. And I don't know how I should, like, talk to her, I guess. Or what, if I should do anything, if I should just keep my distance. having a hard time letting go, and I'm not sure what to do. I'm pretty old. Uh, You're 28 years old, and you're going, do you live at home? No, I don't live with my mom, but I live in the same area as her. And well, we work to, Oh, you work together? Wait, what do you guys do together? Uh, like publishing stuff, um, literature, poetry. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to throw this over to Justin first. What do you think? Uh, I'm from Massachusetts too. Um, I'm I'm guy guy, cool. um, are you uh are is your are is your mom um married? Are you, are you guys you spend time with your dad, or is it just you and your mom? They're divorced, yeah. What's that? They're divorced, my parents. They're divorced. Oh, does your dad live in the area? No, he lives in New Mexico. That's the 505 area. Code. Ah, there's the 505 area code. Um, it's funny. I have one of my best friends from home has a really tight relationship with his mother, and almost um, he's in Massachusetts as well. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um. I, I think that uh, you should maybe. I mean, Alexi, this is this is uh, much more oh, your 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 world. But okay. you guys hear me? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I I I think that I think that 28 is a really good time to like. I'm thinking when did I left in college and then I went to grad school and and I'm just thinking about how long I was away. I mean, if you're thinking of going away, you should try to maybe focus on. Um, maybe setting down the days that you're coming back to visit um, 
and uh, focusing on those rather than the and de-emphasizing like the leaving part and then the let's figure out how many times a year I'm going to come back and you know maybe kind of deflect a little yeah. bit. I don't know. Like, what do you think, Alexi? Listen, here's what I think. I think you're 28 years old. Your mom needs to fucking relax. Okay, she she needs to get a boyfriend. She needs to get on like mom Tinder or whatever. And uh, I know it's, it's weird, but but your your relationship with your mom here and it being so weird. If I were gonna date you, I'd be freaked the fuck out. I'd be like, what is going on here? What's going on? I'm sure she's lovely and you work together, but it sounds like she's lonely and she's a little bit too attached to you. And that's like that's your next girlfriend's or your future wife's uh, worst nightmare kind of situation. So I think. Well, Here's, here's what you have to do. You have to, uh, wait, I don't know whose phone, who's, somebody's phone is making a lot of noise. Maybe everybody mutes their phones or somebody mutes their phone, but I'm going to keep talking. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of static. There's a lot of static and feedback coming from somebody's phone right now, so press mute for a second. Ah, Thank okay. you. Oh, Sorry. Okay, so here, here's what I think. I think you need to do what you need to do. You need to take care of yourself. You know, you're almost 30. You need to sort out your life, get your future in order, follow your dreams, if you're good at something and you want to, you know, do that thing or you want to learn, whatever it is you're, you're after, I don't know what you're going to grad school for, you need to do that. You're living your life for you. Yes, you, can, you came out of her vagina and that's fine, all fine and good and everything, but don't let her be like, you know, the thing, the thing that gets in your way. So just be kind to her, loving. That's very, I totally do agree with what Justin said. You can do baby steps and kind of be like, I know I'm going to go. I'm going, Mom, but uh, I will come back here and you know like I'm you can always call me I have a smartphone and uh you know what I mean like just be gentle yeah. about it and you know I, I think she seems she, she's not dating anybody is she is she lonely no she she's married oh she is and what what's the husband say about all this nothing uh, I mean he's sick oh he's sick what does he have uh he's been through a lot he had cancer he's in remission but um he had all this other stuff. He had a stroke, very sick for like five over five years. I know, but that's I I I I know that sucks and that's horrible and I'm, I'm sorry that you guys have to go through that. But you have to do your stuff, you know. You just have to. You can't use your mom or or her sick husband's stuff. As I I would also ask your dad to maybe give you a hand. Sorry, Alexi. Maybe ask your yeah. dad to give you a hand and talk to her. It sounds to me like you and your dad are cool, kind of being separated, he can maybe sit, shed some light and let her know it's not that bad. Maybe lean on him for some stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Do they Do your mom and your dad talk anymore? Uh, not really. But but it's definitely true that we've been separated sort of in a healthy way now for a while, my dad and I. So Yeah. No, my, my no, my mom and my dad, my biological parents don't speak. Yeah, oh, so. wait, your mom and your biological dad don't speak. Yeah. Oh, so maybe that will be hard for them to talk to you. I mean, God, uh, you just need to stand up for yourself. You're tw- you're a 28 year old man. I don't mean to fall uh, fall back on gender stereotypes, but you got to man up and you got to fucking own your shit and. You know, what you need to do, and just do it in a very charming, loving way, but do what you need to do, okay? Don't get sucked back yeah. into this. That's, this is all not your problem. You go take care of yourself. The nicest thing you can do for your mom, uh, 
is go have a wonderful life and like do all the things you want to do in your life and, and try stuff and learn things and you know have experiences and be the best person you can be you know yeah. Thank so you. I hope that you're welcome I hope that helps um Justin we're just saving lives left and right here I mean how do you feel my god I I feel good that was a tough one to start with Alexi well, I got a lot of emails, and I don't even know where to start because one of them is very intense. Do you want to go from light? You want to you want to save one for you want to save one for me at the end. I need to know your opinion about guys with beards and whether I just in general I have it's a constant conversation I have with people because I I currently uh, have one. I say shave it. I think I think you're you're you should use. I don't know. I don't mind a trim beard. That's like. Kind of, I, I like five o'clock shadow. That's what I like. I think that's very handsome, even though it's kind of like, you know, when you're making out with your girlfriend, it's kind of, it's like microdermabrasion and it can like rip off her face. But I don't know. You're 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 a handsome, good-looking guy, and you're only going to get older and gnarlier. But you'll probably actually get more. Uh, you'll probably get sexier and more virile or something because you're. Uh, <laughs> Depends that's on which, men. who you ask. Depends. Well, yeah. I'm just, well, I'm just saying, like you're a good-looking guy. Why? hide your face now, like hide your face later. And also they say, I was listening to Conan O'Brien on uh, on Howard Stern, and they were talking about beards. And it, people say that when a man grows a beard, I mean, I don't know who else is growing a beard. Uh, when a man grows a beard, he's depressed. <laughs> Are you depressed? I'm not depressed. I I sometimes, like, do it as, like, a way of tracking time. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to shave once I get this thing written or when this, and, you know, if it's, like, a few-month type thing. Um, I'm told by several people, uh, including my girlfriend, that I look good exactly five days after I've shaved. Not four, not six, but that five-day spot. Exactly. Well, then you guys, so. you gotta, you gotta do it. You, you gotta, you <laughs> that gotta means you're good that. for one day every five days, and then you shave again on day six, and then you gotta wait until you're, you're, you're the five days. At least though, it's a specific. You know, sometimes you, you have trouble with women like giving you, you know, mixed signals. That's a very specific. Um, request. I like you five days after you? you've shaved. What's that? Is she fucking with you? Is, is it possible she that your could girlfriend be. is fucking with you? 100% possible. <laughs> um, but here's what I, I think. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I think I think it could go back to the last caller. You know, he he could stay with his mom because his mom wants him to, to hang out with her and stuff like that and, you know, he could make her happy or he could just follow uh, follow his heart. And do what he needs to do. So you need to do it. If you want a beard, keep your beard. And if you don't want your beard, shave it. Or stay home with your mom in Massachusetts and shave every every six days. <laughs> every six days. Oh man, like, did you, you just like? call my girlfriend my mom? Oh no. No, not really, uh, not really. But like, wait, what do you like the best? But you like your beard, obviously, right? I like it in the winter. Yeah. And then when it starts getting hot out, it gets really, yeah, unmanageable. But I grow re- – the thing is I grow it really quick. Like I could shave in the morning and, and in, at night I have like a little stubble. So um, it's it's easily fixed if I don't – like it, it comes back very quickly. How about this? Make your girlfriend happy. Shave it on the, six, on the fifth day. No, keep it on the fifth day. Shave it on the sixth. On the sixth day, we'll meet for coffee because I want to see you clean shaven. And then immediately <laughs> just, just keep growing out. And then, uh, but yeah, but I think we talked this. I mean, I think we're in a good spot. We, we gave you the beard advice. I'm gonna, I've got to get, oh, God, we have more stuff to talk about the movie. But I've, to, I've, got, I've got some crazy emails. I need, I need your help. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. 
Okay, but quickly, I just want to tell people, if you want to see this movie that Justin Lerner and I were just talking about, his movie, uh, which is called The Automatic Hate, here's what I need you to do, all right? If you're interested, and you should be interested, uh, because you'd be a bonehead not to be, uh, you should go to their website. It is www. <laughs> I just wanted to say www. Okay, it's theautomatichate.com. If you want to find out uh, where it's playing next, um, you can uh, follow them on Twitter at Auto Hate Movie, and then they have an, uh, their official Facebook page is uh, facebook.com forward slash the automatic hate. Um, but off the top of your head, where could someone see your movie next? You don't know? Uh, we are playing somewhere um, uh, within the next month. I actually am not. Is it? Is, am I a total? Is it a total bummer? Am I totally lame? That fact that I can't tell. I'm not allowed to say yet. No, I, this is great. Listen, I, that's why. That's why I gave all the information. If people are interested and this sounds, um, you know, exciting to them, they know where to go and they can follow you and they know where to look for updates and stuff. But uh, I need so, you to help me so save life. Like, like two weeks from now, there will be some sort of post about what festivals we're playing next, and we are playing at some. So uh, that's. That's it. Yeah, I, I I'm excited about them, and you can check uh, the Facebook and the Twitter and the website, and uh, yeah, because we just had one, well, three. We had three screenings all in Austin, Texas. So it's been kind of, unless you happen to be at South by Southwest uh, a couple weeks ago, you haven't seen it. So um, except for you, I let you, I got you a copy quickly so you could see it before this conversation. But you're VIP, you know. Um, I'm VIP. Thank you very much. Oh, here's yes. the thing. Oh, oh God. Um, how long was your shoot? The shoot was about a month. It was 21 shooting days, and we shot mostly on this um, farm in upstate New York uh, called Aunt Karen's Farm, this really nice woman that we met up there who has a farm. And uh, we shot a little bit in Oneonta, a little bit in Mount Vision, and a little bit in Cooperstown, New York. Um, okay. Yeah, oh, 21 days, really quick. You know, it was a low-budget film. And we can't, you can't tell me what the budget is, right? That's top secret. I don't know the rules. Uh, I'll tell no, you later. None of my, if, it, if it's none of my business, don't tell me. Just say it's none of your business. None of your business. None of my fucking <laughs> business, everybody, okay? It's none of my fucking business. Oh, here's another thing that made me think about, uh, after I saw your movie that, you know, got me thinking. I have a mm-hmm. friend, and I'm not going to say his name, but... I believe that he is legitimately in love with his sister. Like he has, I don't think he's ever done anything with her, but I asked him point blank after seeing your movie, because I was already thinking about it before. And I went, Hey, like, are you in love with your sister? Like in love with your sister? And he went, Oh yeah, totally. And all of his friends know that. And like his sister is his best friend and they are in love and they, you know, I don't know if the sister feels the same about him, but you know, and they're just best friends. But it was your friend Angelina Jolie's brother. No, but do you think there's? Oh. Do you really think there was something weird going on there? I mean, that was so long ago. But like, do I don't know. So, I don't keep up with that kind of stuff. I just somebody told me that once that they okay. were really close and like in love. I don't know. Is, is that not true? I I'm sorry. I don't want to get in trouble so, with anybody. So your so your movie was inspired by Angelina Jolie's uh, Jolie or however you fucking say her name by by her relationship with her brother. Is that what you're saying? That's maybe what I'm saying, I guess, if if that's what you say. No, yeah, absolutely. I have no idea, but maybe not. I can't believe it. You, you heard it here first, folks. We got the inside scoop. The automatic hate was uh, was totally inspired by... Uh... Sorry, I spelled it. 
Hold on, we have I, more things. Okay. I what? brother's sister is a little bit creepier than, than, than cousins, just a teeny bit. Just a teeny bit. Okay, so don't think Justin and his writing partner, Catherine, are completely creepy. Okay, they have boundaries. How dare you? Um, <laughs> there are boundaries. A, um, there there are boundaries in showbiz, ladies and gentlemen, here in Tinseltown. It's, it's not all wild and weird nights and shenanigans. <laughs> But, uh, Do you want to hear something funny, though? We, we, we were in this upstate New York town shooting, and we, we had this one day. You know the scene where all the cousins meet for the first time, and they go to that biker bar on the side of the highway? Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Okay, so, oh, yeah, spoiler. So they're all drinking at this biker bar, and to, to shoot that scene, we had to get a bunch of – we got a bunch of real, like, bikers to come in, and we just fed them and gave them beers – and they just hung out for the whole day to be extras in the scene, shot pool, played darts, drank. So a couple of the biker guys, and, like, these are all guys that, you know, I'm I'm a kind of a slight, nerdy, like, half-Jewish guy from New England. I have no business being around these, like, man's men, tough guys. I'm, <laughs> um, and uh, they come up to me, like, they corner me, and they're like, we want to know what the movie's about before we do anymore. And I'm like all right, well, you know, it's a story about, and halfway through, like, trying to dance around the whole cousin's love story, I was like, oh, fuck it. It's about two cousins who, like, have this thing where they're trying to figure out what happened between their dads and they fall in love. And they get really, they just start cracking up. They're like, oh, you shot in the right town for that. Um, No. And I go, I go, what? And they go, well, we have a little phrase up here. I mean, these are biker guys in the town. And this is, like, I think, like, outside of Oneonta, this is in, like, the outskirts, they said that the the town motto up here, and he's probably joking around, but he said the town motto up here is that uh, the family tree has no branches. And, oh, my God. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then he goes, and here's a joke about up here. When's the, he, he said this to me after I told him about the, what the movie was about, and he goes, he goes, when are you allowed to sleep with your sister? And I said, when? He goes, only after you divorce her. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I think we picked the right town. You know, that, that said, these guys, I have no idea at any point whether they were fucking with me the entire time. They are probably fucking with me the entire time. I don't think so. But, I, I trust them. But I don't they know why stayed. I trust those biker guys. They, they stayed. stayed the entire they're, they're, shoot. They stayed. They hung amazing. out the whole 12-hour day. This is amazing. Well, I wish they were here to help us answer these emails we're about to answer because uh, – you know, they could be pretty helpful with this next one. This one is, this is a gnarly one that I actually, like, need help with. Are you ready? It's intense. Um, okay. Okay. Um, he wrote, hi, Alexi, I need major advice, and it really does feel major, because I've literally never asked a stranger online for advice. I've never written into anything, commented on anything in my life except my close friend's Instagram. But, yes, yeah, so this is very new. I don't know what else to do. Uh, and uh, Also, I would appreciate your opinion. I've been reading your blog since it started. Okay, so I was recently diagnosed with genital herpes. Ugh, I don't even like typing it. I, re- I relate, oh God, she says she relates to me, but I don't have genital herpes. So I just want to put that out there. Okay, but listen, I'm not judging her. I just uh, don't want somebody to tune in all of a sudden and hear me reading this and think it's me talking about my stuff. Okay, anyway, back to the email. She goes, she goes, I relate to you, Alexi. I'm motivated. I'm outgoing. I'm in grad school. Uh, it, you know, whatever. Um, 
I was and I am boy crazy. I date a lot. I'm confident. I'm interesting. I'm 25 years old, but now I obviously don't feel so confident. How did this happen? Well, let me tell you. I've been single for too long, although I am glad I have high standards and have a life to live, so I was fine with that. But to deal with occasional loneliness, I was dating a lot and having sex, but being careful and using condoms. The guy had herpes on his mouth, I guess, uh, not visible, and he went down on me, and he didn't even know, so it's almost like unless I had him get tested, there was nothing I could have done because we used a condom. I am planning to sit him down, tell him to get tested, and I'm not even interested in him. Never was. This really makes me full of regret. So he's out of the picture. Um, I'm taking meds, and I'm seeing a therapist. Obviously, from now on, I won't be having sex with any guy until we're committed, and I tell him. I'm so scared of that, um, but I won't do that until I tell him that I have herpes and uh, I get him tested as well. But that seems like such a long process, especially because I feel like dating these. I feel like dating these days is really about having sex pretty soon, and I used to be totally into that. But now I want a guy who I can get close to emotionally without the sex, so I can wait a while to tell him. But that seems too hard. Most good-looking, cool guys wouldn't stick around. On a side note, I love that you promote safe sex, and I totally think you should do a segment about this or promote the idea that people with herpes are still okay or normal or something. It's such a stigma in society. So, Alexi, how do I move on? How do I feel like a normal, beautiful person? I have no idea what I'm expecting you to say because if you, if you don't have – oh, my God. Okay. She goes, if, if somebody doesn't have herpes, they might not know what to say. I just need a pep talk. I also know that online dating sites for herpes exist, but the sites are poorly formatted and all the men who've contacted me are like 40 years old or hillbillies or don't use correct grammar. That sounds judgmental, but I want to be with somebody where it feels romantic, and I seriously can't imagine that happening at this point. Before I even got uh, herpes, I was depressed because I haven't had a long-term healthy relationship in two years, and now it seems like it'll take even longer. Imagine. What would you do if this happened to you? Thank you for what you do. Um, signed, Anonymous. So this is a tough one. That's this a, is such a tough that's one. That's a big one. Yeah. This is a big one. And I actually wrote, and I wrote back to her uh, privately because, I, you know, she was just feel the, not desperation, but she was going through a lot of stuff. So I wrote back to her. But also I, I, wrote, uh, I wrote something on my website a few, maybe two or three months ago, or maybe longer, Um about my fear of getting genital herpes because I just got out of a two-year relationship and I don't have an STD, so I just feel like I'm about to get it any second because it's just a matter of time or something, and I'm terrified to be single again and out in the world. And so I wrote Mm -hmm. this post called, like, me. I'm terrified of that. So so it came came across a little bit judgmental, so I, I really did want to address this on my show tonight because... I mean, I feel like most people, it's, it's such a normal thing, but at the same time, if, you don't, if you're lucky enough not to have it, you're not trying to get it. Like, nobody's asking to get it. Nobody wants it, you know? Like, but then people get it. So what, what is your advice for her? I'm not saying that you have this. I don't know what your deal is. I'm, I, I don't know. It's none of my business, but I'm just asking for you to oh, give big, no, brotherly advice. Oh, no, it's totally fine. To my knowledge, I don't have anything. I mean, when I started dating my girlfriend, seriously, we both, you know, got this, and we were clear, we both got tested. Like, I think that's important to do, but, like, you know, I haven't had this problem, but I have friends who have, and I would say, I know this is going to sound kind of like a dick move, but I think 
if you get really close with someone and not and don't tell them before, you know, um, you get like physically intimate, but then once you guys realize that you you like each other, go ahead and tell them. And I think ultimately, if I if that happened to me, I'd probably stick. I mean, I can't tell for sure. I'd probably stick around just if I really liked them because I don't know what are the implications. Like, you know, it's it's something that you have only when it's like out, or is it? Well, I, I would just well, I, yeah. Go on. I would just say I would just say that it 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 it, it would sound like a dick move, but I would I would get to know someone and and tell them only after you realize that you're you guys are compatible and you guys really like each other uh, because ultimately it won't really matter for the, like those people that you go out on one date with and um yeah you know, and then you know nothing happens like you know you you're single now right you said you just got out of something say. You're with, yeah. you're out on a date, and this guy, this happens to you, and and you really like a guy, and he says it like on the first date. You're, are you gonna go on a second date, or what if he waits till like the fourth when you really kind of like him a little bit, or would you feel really, really um, like kind of lied to, or a little bit like he was a little duplicitous? No, I mean, I, I it's, it's so weird because I've been in situations with guys and gone on dates with them, and then they and I ask like I will ask a guy like do you have any STDs like I'll, I, I'm such a loud mouth and I put myself out there so much I I, I ask and I'm so surprised because I get real answers and I've been on like a first date with a guy and he's told me that he has stuff and oh god I, not to sound it, it's not because I and I freaked out I freaked out because a for a few reasons if he said he didn't, I may have had casual sex, maybe depending on how I, you know, how cute I thought he was or how many drinks I had or what mood mm-hmm. I was in. But if I get that information and I'm not hooked into him emotionally, yeah, I'm I'm probably, yeah, I'm going to think twice about having casual sex because usually I know if I'm excited about somebody like, you know, pretty quickly there's like they're the types of people that you like meet and you're like oh wow this is a cool one and then there are other people you're like oh yeah i'll just make out with that person it's just like a fun thing you know so it definitely makes you make better choices i think if if you wait to get to know somebody but i don't fucking know it's scary it's it's scary i it's just so really because you know, because people are going to be if people somebody doesn't have the std they might not care. They might be more more uh, European about it all. They might not be like I am, which is like totally panic stricken or whatever, you know. But give you have to give the other person uh, the opportunity to to make that decision for themselves, and then you know, and then if they're not, well, what, what did you tell when you wrote that girl back? What did you tell her? I mean, that's it's pretty what, intense. What did I tell her? I wrote, I will talk about this. Okay, let me see here. Um, I wrote, I will talk about this on the air, I promise, hopefully next week, but I have a guest and I, uh, and I may uh, talk about this when I'm alone. I actually wrote about my fear of genital herpes not so long ago, but I have a lot more empathy than that post would make someone think. Or I think my journal entry got misconstrued uh, as an attack, but it was just an honest account of my fear, which is probably how you felt before you got it. So, But just so you know, it's such a common thing. So many people have it. Don't stress or freak out. Just keep your immune system healthy and don't jump into bed with someone too easily. And when you do meet someone you like enough to have sex with, trust that you'll figure out the best way to tell uh, that person. 
I think that's well, a really that's really great advice. I I mean that's much better than I could have said. I mean you, you seem to have taken care of it. Uh, that's that's smart advice, Alexi. But I wanted to talk about it on the air because it's just it's such a bizarre thing. I, I wrote more, and you know, I said again, just know how common it is, common it is. There's a huge chance that you may tell someone and he has it too. Uh, but give give people the benefit of the doubt, they may surprise you. But at the same time, you have to be ready for someone to be protective of their bodies if they don't have it yet. So this is a very tricky one, um, and you just can't worry about it too much. You just have to, yeah, it's just such a well, really tricky one right here, you know? It, it just puts the responsibility more, uh, you have to just be a little bit more careful, I guess, I'm assuming. I, I've not been in this situation, but I'm just guessing that, you just before you get super 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 close with someone, you would probably have to at least let them know and be okay if they're uh, scared by it a little bit. But hopefully, yeah. there's somebody that you get close to that likes you enough to like be able to deal with it. It's not, you know, I think it, it's so case specific, don't you think? It is, and it's also confusing because it's like how many. I wonder how many people I've had sex with who have that who had an STD, but they didn't tell me or they didn't know and I didn't see anything or it was dark, you know what I mean? But then you just didn't get it. or You know what I mean? Who knows what's happening all the time? It's just like, it's and people lie or they don't know. That's true. I mean, that's something I don't uh, I don't think about a lot, but you're right. That's, this is why it's going to be in a monogamous relationship. This is why you, but didn't you just, weren't you just in one for like two years? No, I'm saying, I'm saying this is why it's so great that you're in a monogamous relationship. You don't have to worry about things like this. You got your person, you know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one uh, nice thing. You know, the other, the other, Ah. there's other things that come with that. Like, for example, like just arguing about, um, you know, who made the bed or who didn't make the bed and things like that, which are. I'm not trying to equate arguing about cleaning up with STDs, for the record. I'm just saying. I, I don't all, think you're every relationship has its, its every every relationship has its um its its, its obstacles and its sticking points. Some are more stressful than others, but everyone has it. You're, there's no such thing as a um, uh, argument or conflict-free relationship at all. That's true. But, uh, but herpes is forever. But here's the thing. I remember talking about this with, a, with an older woman, and she was like, oh, sweetie, in the 80s, I only had sex. The only guys I had sex with were, you know, uh, the only guys I had sex with had herpes. Like, those are the only kinds of guys you slept with. <laughs> they're all, like, is it like a little box you click on your on your Tinder profile? Like, she, totally. she leaves it's, out everybody except for people with STDs. It totally should be, but it was funny that this woman from, like, you know, like, who used to, like, she had her heyday in the the 80s, just talking about all the rock stars she was having sex with, and they all had herpes. It was just crazy, and it's like nobody cared. And then I'll I'll meet people who are European, and they'll tell me, I'll meet meet people who are European. It's so ridiculous. Um, Sometimes I'll meet (laughs) meet European people, and their, like, their attitude about it is so much more blasé because, they're just like it's not a big deal. It's a it's an aesthetic thing. It's annoying, but it's not like it's not life or death. So a lot it's it's surprising. You know, not everybody's like a neurotic monster like me that's really uptight and rigid that thinks like you know everything's the end of the world. So uh, let people surprise you. Take care of your immune systems. Wear a condom. Try to get tested. Uh, I mean, get tested. Um, what else can we say? But also know that you can't beat yourself up over this. 
just be kind to yourself because you're, you know, you just got to keep moving. And you know what I mean? It's like life keeps happening and you've got to deal with it and you can't, like, be so hard on yourself and, and everything will be fine, you know. You'll just be more empathetic to other people, you know. Now you're, you have to deal with a new thing. I'm a big fan of honesty in general, especially, but it, it scares some people away, but I think that it's really important. It's like, it's refreshing if someone is, I'd rather have someone in in a relationship who's brutally honest to the point where, you know, I've been told I have Asperger's because I'm too honest. And, you know, my girlfriend says, you, you don't need to tell me everything that you're upset about right now about me or about every about your life. Uh, but I think that I'd rather be like that than always have to keep it bottled up. If there's, if you, you have to pick between the two, normal, regular people know when to like, you know, withhold some information, not lie, but just not mention something. And then when to mention it, I think it's weird. I'm more all or nothing. I'm like, I'd rather just be always, always like really honest or, <laughs> or not. But I think there's something to it, though, that's refreshing and nice. So if you meet someone and they're always honest with you, even if it's a little uncomfortable, it, it, there's something – it's just very rare to meet that kind of person these days. So that's that's my best advice is, like, you know, you'll find people who like that if you just are always just blunt and honest with people. Yeah, I agree. I have I've a – I have another email that just came in. Hi, Alexi. I haven't had a serious, good relationship for several years, and I feel so lonely and hopeless about it. But lately, this has been made worse by my roommate's new boyfriend, who is over at our place all the time. Their coupliness is making me miserable. Help. Do you have any advice, Justin? Hmm. Other than maybe um, start move out, flirting with a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, start, I don't. I don't want around. Yeah. Terrible advice. This is I am not trained in this like you are. You have several degrees in advice giving. I do not. But how am I qual um, how am I qualified to do this? I do give good advice, I feel like. I mean I do, but how what what are my qualifications? None I think life? experience. I think experience. You've been you've been there a lot more than a lot of people. I mean, every time someone asks something you seem to have some sort of good story about it. Um uh I I don't know. That's a tough one because, I mean, maybe maybe just spend more time outside the house. I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know what? I would say I think a lot of this has to the girl who wrote in. Her name is Allie. So Allie, here's what I think. A lot of this can be changed. Uh, can be helped if you change uh, by changing your attitude. So here's the thing: you can either change the situation which doesn't seem likely, you can either leave the situation, you know, move out, but that seems like, uh, you know, it's a lot, or you can uh, try not to let it bother you and avert your eyes or just, just accept it. And, and what is it in you that is, why is it so annoying to you? So you're, yeah, you just said it yourself. You're lonely. You're feeling hopeless. And that's where this is stemming from. If you are feeling really fully engaged in your life, perhaps making your own movie that maybe that could possibly debut in uh, 2016 at South by Southwest or writing a story or drawing, drawing a picture, if you are fully engaged in your life doing something that made you feel really fulfilled, fulfilled, um, then you, you might not be looking for things uh, or, or being a to, to bother you or being so easily affected by things. But uh, 
You know what I mean? This is about you, not really them. But you can always say to your friend, talking about communication, Justin and I were saying, you know, it's it's great to be honest and all this stuff. So you can always say to your roommate, hey, can you guys just, like, not be, you know, making out all of it? It's, like, so much. Always public displays of uh, affection. You know, you could just tell her and see what she does with it. There's also the possibility if you could ask um, the roommate's boyfriend if, He's got any nice friends? I mean, oh yeah, it, set, oh my god, yes. Set me up. I mean, that's probably the best way to meet. I think that most couples that I see together a really long time tend to be ones that meet through friends, right? Because you've already got this. Like, if you like the person that set you up, you have this nice mutual friend that you both know that you trust. So there's this level of trust that's already. There, like, I met my girlfriend at a birthday party for a mutual friend of ours. Um, we sat next to each other at an IHOP, believe it or not. Um, oh, you did? It was a, it, it was an, a birthday party at IHOP. It was yoga on the beach at, like, 7 o'clock, followed by IHOP, ironically. Um, so what happened was I went just to the IHOP part. I skipped the beach yoga. And I ended up sitting next to a, a really pretty girl who uh, knew the birthday girl, and so did I. And then at the end of the pancakes and waffles and everything, I asked for her number, and then we went out a couple times. And uh, it's actually a very cool story. Her car had broken down, and she she ended up we, – we put it together at the IHOP that we were um, living in the same street in Koreatown at the time. And she told me that her car had been totaled. So I started offering her rides to work in the morning. Um, and she, because she was my friend's close friend, she was like, okay, this is not a creepy guy. My friend, like, knows him. So I guess I'll take his rides. But what I was secretly doing was getting all these free dates where there wasn't, like, the pressure of having to, like, kiss at the end or anything. It was just I'm driving her to work. But, you know, anywhere in L.A. it takes a half an hour. So I'd get these little half-an-hour dates out of her every morning bringing her to work um, that she didn't even know. She didn't realize that that was what was happening, but we were getting to know each other well. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling this just because it's a really, a really good way to meet people and trust them and have be closer quickly is meet through friends. So, you know, um, I'm bringing it back to the advice for the girl. Don't worry. Um, no, meet great. through friends. Yeah, it's a good it's a good story though, right? So that and then you know we're dating now for for years, so so um, you know there's that general there's that immediate like sense of trust you have with a person if you meet through a mutual friend that you don't have if you just meet randomly at a bar because they could be anyone they could be John Wayne Gacy or um, <laughs> you know. Adrian Hernandez or something like that. Um, I sorry, oh, I put a football. Football. No, I love this. Uh, this, this, this is great. This is great. This is fantastic. Right. So she needs to she needs to not be a jerk to her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend anymore because she's got to get a date out of it. This is fantastic. I love this. The 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 best chance she has of meeting a nice guy is through a mutual friend, and she happens to, you know. So it's just, I would befriend the boyfriend without making it look like you're hitting on the boyfriend. Because you don't yeah. want the girl to get, you don't want your roommate. Her name's Allie, her right? Name's Allie. Yes, okay. Allie, Allie doesn't want to get her roommate pissed off that she's like flirting with the boyfriend. But if there's a way to just like 
say, hey, set me up with one of your friends. I think that would be the easiest way for her to alleviate all of it. I love it. I said, so, so Allie, just stop being such a grump, okay? Stop being such a grump, you know, grumpy, all, all, you know, grumpy McGrumperson all over the apartment and just try to make this work for you. Um, I have some questions, more questions about the movie. So here's what I want to know. As a filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, you're, you being the filmmaker, um, how do you get scared? Like, do you panic? Like, how do you? All the time. All the yeah, time. How, do you, how do you wrap your brain around, around like, how long does it take you to write your, your script? Uh, what, how long does it take you to lock the script? And tell me about all the panic around it and, and ultimately, you know, just jumping into it. Like, tell me everything. Well, I think that indie filmmaking is not for people who like to be calm and relaxed all the time. Um, yeah. Uh, it's really, really tough. The thing is, though, is that once you're on set, things move so fast that you don't have time to be that nervous because at all moments you have to be, you have 12 hours to shoot. And then you, so like the nerves just like kind of build up. You get this residual nervousness after the shoot's over and then you sleep for like three weeks because you're so tired because mentally and and physically and, um, you know, just neurologically exhausted. But when you have the stimulation of really good actors and you're just there and you have a limited amount of time, you just, it's these, it, 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 there's this weird time pressure that makes you get things done. The really stressful part is the putting it together beforehand, the writing, the casting, having people drop out last minute because they got a higher paying job somewhere um, having locations fall through, money fall through, money come back together, actors come back on. It's like um, they say that that successfully making an indie film is like trying to hit like a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. I think it's tr- like trying to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball with another baseball, like throwing a baseball at another baseball. That's how hard it is because everything's always moving. So I think if you can like – either be heavily medicated or just be, or meditate in the morning or just realize that everything that you build each day, whether it's cast, money, a shot list, locations, is just going to completely fall apart several times and you're going to have to put it back together like a Jenga uh, game or whatever, then I think you're, you're okay. But if you go in thinking that once you build it, it's not going to all crumble and you have to build it back up again, maybe it's not the job for you. Does that, I don't even know if I answered your question. Did I? No, you totally did. That's great. It's it's really inspiring. I'm just thinking of like kids out there or, or young, you know, filmmakers who who want who. It's a, it's a daunting. I, I want them to feel like they're getting some advice because it, it seems like it's a daunting thing. You know, like it's it's such a brave thing to do and to like put all the pieces together and just fucking finish something. It's a miracle to finish something. So the fact that you like finish something and it's great and it got into South by, it's just like you must be so proud. I'm. I'm just, I, I feel really lucky. I think there's a lot of movies out there and, you know, uh, everyone has different reasons for why they want to make stuff. You know, um, some actor once told me, he, he pulled me aside and he said, hey, Justin, were you rejected a lot by girls when you were younger? And I go, yeah, how'd you know? He goes, because you're a film director. Every, that's why all men become film directors. Is that true? Um, I mean... On some level, I think it, there's obviously bigger reasons for me than that uh, I, I, uh, why I want, wanted to be a filmmaker. But 
um, I think I think there's something to that. Whether it's true all the time, probably not. But he was right, though. Whether whether it correlates to why I became a filmmaker, I don't know. I was I was rejected a lot by by uh, girls <laughs> um, all the way like through till just before. Uh, like I guess through college and everything, it wasn't just like high school and you know. Um, I still get rejected for many things, romantic, non-romantic, all the time. <laughs> it's it's just a thing. I mean, is you've not heard that before? You've not heard that theory? No, I just wonder. I wonder why women filmmakers make. I mean, they're like four of them, but I just wonder why they. Why do they make movies? But yeah, I, of course I've heard that about guys. Yeah, but I mean, probably also, for I, much better reasons. Probably for much better reasons, but than men. Like what? But, um, probably more noble artistic aspirations, intellectual or, or spiritual. I mean, look, I have those too, but I can't deny that I was rejected a lot. Whether we want to have a therapy session and realize that that's why or discover whether that's why I actually make films. I'm obviously being, I'm joking a little, but but know. it was just funny. It was just funny that he said it. It was just funny that he said it because you do sometimes run into directors who just really like the the power or whatever. Um, um, I, I think there's a lot of reasons. Like, I like, I like the idea of making something that will outlive you, you know, like I used to, I used to, uh, direct theater and like, I would work so hard on these plays. My undergrad degree is from theater in theater and I directed these plays and I put every ounce of everything into them and then they'd be gone. You know, you do them for two weeks to four weeks and they're gone. And then you have a couple pictures of the cast party and like the program, but like you make a film and it's there until, you know, whenever you, it's there after you're gone. And that was something that was, maybe that makes me sentimental. Oh, um, hold on, hold up. <laughs> not, to, not to interrupt this sentimental bullshit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. But we had a phone call. We had a phone call from one of your actors in and in I think he either hung up or maybe he might he may have been bored by your story. I'm not gonna lie. No, he might have. Oh, he just texted me saying he's trying to call and get through the show. So Joe, well, if you're listening, call all in. All lines are open. Okay, listen, Joseph Cross. We might get a phone call from one of from the star of the film. His name is Joseph Cross. He is the star of the Automatic Case. He's incredible in it. Uh, he's he's also been in Milk, Running with Scissors, uh, lots of other cool shit. How dare you question his talent? Or uh, his resume, okay? He's, he's trying to get he's the amazing. Yeah. Um, um, hold on, what's the number? I can text him the number to call in. You wanna? Do you wanna no, do no, a quick no, no, plug? No, 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 no. Stop, stop. He's coming through. He's here. We're gonna. We're passing him. Oh. Here he is. Hello. Hello. Joseph Cross. Is it Joseph Cross? Hi. I should turn off my uh, radio. Um, my radio. Turn off your radio computer. This is so exciting. Everybody, you have no idea how lucky you are right now. Joseph, can we call you Joe? Yeah. You're the real movie star. Real movie star. You're coming well, in. Now, now somebody really worth talking. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is very exciting. We have the we have the star of the automatic hate on Boy Crazy Radio right now. Are you are we, are you single? No, I'm, I'm I live with my fiance. Don't bother calling. Girls, put your cell phones down. Okay? You get right get to it, it though, huh? Justin, she doesn't even care about the movie. She's asking has, about my he has personal siblings. life. Joe has siblings. True. He has siblings. He probably had sex with them after watching this movie. I mean, who knows? <laughs> 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 I'm so 
going into the show? What what do we do now? Uh, Justin? I, I don't know. You guys tell me. I, I just wanted to call in and say hi. I thought it was so interesting to hear everybody talk, and thank you for uh, <laughs> uh, getting behind our movie. And um, Maybe I we love could Justin. Have him and, um, oh, I love I, too, I agree with everything you said about Catherine, by the way, earlier. Oh, what uh, a babe, right? Very leggy, very beautiful. We were te- we were just texting, and she said that she likes to be called leggy. Oh my god! Is oh wow! Listening to the show? What's that? I is she, is I mean, she listening to the show? To <laughs> yeah, no, I was informing she, her via text. She should call in. Well, she is a leggy, mysterious, sultry babe fox. That's what she is. And, like, you know, I'm heterosexual, but I look at her and I'm like, what am I feeling? What's happening? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wow. I was, actually, I was actually in the automatic hate. I was uh, I was an extra. I was uh, I was a pig on the farm. You, you caught it. Real, maybe you missed <laughs> it. I was, I was you were fantastic. Crazy. You were wonderful. Thank you. I did I, I did a lot of I did a lot of work on uh, in Shane Cruz's film, uh, uh, oh, upstream color. Upstream color. Listen, while we have Joe Cross on on the line, I need everybody to fucking keep their cool, and we are going to read one question. Somebody emailed in a question, because this is essentially like a Love Line-esque show. It's called Boy Crazy Radio. It sounds ridiculous, but it's actually like mm-hmm. a call-in advice show where I have guests and my friends on. No, I know. So, yeah, of course. Well, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to answer. Okay, let's see who who wrote in because you're going to help. Um, and what we'll do is, since we have some rhyme and, or, or rhyme or reason to this madness, I will throw it. I'll first first Joe Cross is going to is going to take a stab at giving the advice after I'm done reading the oh, email. Oh Jesus! Okay. Then Justin. <laughs> I'll help you, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Then no. But, but then let's not overlap. So then just after Joe is done with his advice giving, uh, whatever. We'll throw it over to Justin so you can you can tell Joe everything he did wrong so he'll feel like he's back on set or I don't know how that went but whatever. It's fine, I'll and, direct uh, him. It's good. Perfect. Mine will and probably then, be short. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be great. How tall are you, by the way? Speaking of short. me, yeah, I'm about six foot nine. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't believe this. You're like a dream. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Three hundred and forty pounds. Are you the guy in the bar? Are you the? Oh my God! Is this the guy? Uh, is this is this the uh, the guy in the bar? Daddy? I am yeah. everybody in the Lord of the Rings. I played every part. Very cool. <laughs> this is great. We're so lucky. We are all so lucky on right? tax day today, April fifteenth. Okay. All right. What's the question? Okay. Uh, it is dear Lexi. I was wondering if you have any tips on jealousy. My boyfriend of three years has a best friend who's a girl, and it really bothers me and makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. He had cheated on me in the past with our relationship uh, when it was really rocky, and we were young. It's been hard to forgive him, and I know I need to move on. Do you have any tips? Thanks, and I hope to hear you answer this. I think Mm. that she answered her own question right there, don't you think? Yeah, she should fucking get out of there, but not my business. Well, she just said I... I know I need to move on. There's nothing I can tell her more than she just told herself I, to us. I I think she meant she needs to move on from being still really bitter and angry and, and jealous about his past. I think that's what she said she needed to move on but, from. Am but do you think that you, they can stay together, Justin? you think that they can make it work? She said she's forgiven him. She says, I've forgiven him, but I'm now jealous of his new female friend. 
Um, oh, it's a new female friend. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, a new female friend. I don't mean to be negative, but it sounds like it could be. Well. Um, an old female friend in the sense that it's a repetition oh. of an old pattern, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, I mean, speaking as someone who has a lot of female friends, including one that I write scripts with, um, you know, I think that the best thing is if she can become friends with that girl, then then everything's okay. If she can't, I'd be worried, you know? Listen, but like, hold on. No. Here's what I think. You said it yourself. You answered this question earlier. You said you've known Catherine, you've known Foxy, Leggy, Mysterious, Sultry Catherine for a long yes. time, right? But before Longer you than I've been, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, our, our friendship so, predates our uh, my relationship, yes. And you also said that, like, so your, your girlfriend would have no right, really, to, like, you know, I mean, to have a problem with Catherine. She will, and I'm sure she has or whatever, and, and girls are like that, and that's fine. But you know, she's an old friend and you work with her and that's one thing. You, but you also said earlier that when a new girl rolls up and then if you're hanging up out with some new girl, that, that would be a little more suspect. Even though you're allowed to do whatever yeah. you want, that's how this fucking weird, like, relationships and ownership and all this stuff is, is so bizarre. We should be able to do, you know, be friends with whoever we want to be friends with and and uh, follow the the rules that you decide, that you agree upon with your person you know because it's like as long as the two people in the relationship are agreeing on the same thing that's all that really matters but yeah i don't don't think she trusts him i think she he cheated on her once he's got some new thing and now she's jealous and i don't think she'll be able to break that that's like a hard feeling to stop having after you lost trust i i think you got a point i think i think every there's always exceptions to every rule but i think generally uh friendships that happen with females that after you started dating someone are a little more suspect for sure than ones that predate the relationship. Um, so there are some that predate the relationship that like are sometimes not okay. Like let's say you're friends with an ex, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the new girlfriend is like, I'm not super cool with you being friends with your ex because you used to have sex with that girl. And now you guys are friends that I would understand um, because uh. you know, that's, that's weird. Which is funny, you know what? I'm friends. I'm friends and friendly with many of um, uh, my girlfriend's exes, and I, she hates it. She she's she <laughs> I she hates that we're friends now. Uh, she thinks that she's like, why are you doing? Are you just doing that to annoy me? So I mean, there's different there's different situations for everything, you know. Um, there's different exceptions. But if you're right, you're right. It is harder to be okay with like a new female friend of your boyfriend, like that brand new because you know i'm not saying it can never happen but well listen uh, i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna move on from this first for a second just because i don't want to keep joe here forever because uh i i I don't want him to hang himself while he's on the phone with us or or, or, it's late in new york he's calling from new york and it's gonna get sleepy and moody yeah uh, give him a question question. about the movie ask him something about the movie what's that hold on hold on i know that's what i'm I'm trying to um i wanted what was it like but what was the what was it like being directed by Justin? What kind of director is he? Did you feel safe? Well, Justin sent me this incredible article today uh, that the thesis of the whole thing seemed to be that uh, the way for it all to work is for a filmmaker and an actress in a state of unresolved tension between, and I'm quoting now, the emotional integrity of the performance and the design of the film, and that tension. Uh, 
summarize it now is sort of what is able to allow you two to work together in a way that's positive and progressive and uh that's how I felt. I mean, Justin, am I right in saying that? Yeah. I mean, that's a fancy way of saying that fighting and conflict and yelling at each other is sometimes necessary Completely, for, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, to, to do creative, creative work. Like, for example, you know how sometimes to put it into the relationship talk since that's what, what show we're on, sometimes a real good argument, a real good fight between two people who are dating makes you learn a lot about the other person and like the next day it's actually a little bit better because you kind of have said your piece and you know where each other are. I think anybody who's creative and intelligent is going to be opinionated and you're going to have strong opinions about everything. And not just Joe, like Adelaide Clemens, who I know, you know, Lexi has very strong opinions about the way scenes should be and about acting and about filmmaking and storytelling and, when you get very opinionated people on set, if you don't have any conflict, I'd say it's really dangerous because that means that when everyone's agreeing with each other, it's like, I don't know. It's it, it just, and, uh, it, it's a bad sign, yeah. I think. I think that ultimately well, conflict is good. Conflict is Justin sometimes is, better than everyone holding each other's hands and loving each other. Got yeah. it. Joe, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say Justin's very opinionated as well and it was what was really cool was that he, after the film was done, invited me into the editing room when he first started editing the film. And only once I got there did I understand why Justin was pushing and pulling and prodding and, uh, you know, moving me in different directions because he understood what the movie was going to be more than I could. Well, can you guys give me but an example? That- or, or first, Joe, sorry, I'm, I'm going to. What was something that on set or that where you wanted to go one way and, and he was pushing you a different way? About what? Like what's the, It was it was mostly like pacing thing? stuff. So I would want to like be, you know, either responding to a line more quickly or uh, not responding to a line as quickly. And Justin, it was more pacing stuff um, like, you have to take a longer beat here. Like this moment has to be longer. This has to be more tense because Justin understood the tone of the film and how it would play, uh, you know, all across the arc of the story. So stuff like that, like little technical things that would sort of drive me insane on set because I couldn't root them to something that made sense to me. But then once I saw the way he was cutting it together, I was like, oh my God, thank God you had me. Pause there for this long because that's Joe, Joe likes where the cutting every single line. Turn. Joe, Joe loves <laughs> I like looking at all at of my script, lines. I and he's like, "Hey, hey wait, hey, don't, don't really... talk over each other." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Joe sometimes is like, "Justin, I don't like any of my lines. Can I just do this whole scene with just hello?" And I'm like, "No, I need stuff to cut to and stuff, and you'll you'll get it later. But like, you can't cut all your lines." So we fought a lot about him wanting to cut his lines. I mean, I'm always about cutting lines if they don't work. But you know, you gotta you gotta cut the ones that don't work, and you gotta keep the ones that work. Well, here's, so here's we, something. I I I think it's such a weird. It's a it's a fine. It's a delicate balance. I feel like because um, I mean, I guess it, I I act as well sometimes. Sorry, I'm just gonna. I say know. That, but I've I, seen you in lots. But, I've seen you in but, lots but, of movies. 
but that's but that's not, but, but uh, what I, uh, the interesting thing is if a director doesn't explain if when a director is like condescending and doesn't take the time to explain why he's not listening to his actor, that can be a really uncomfortable moment. So did that did that ever happen, or did you guys have to take the time aside? Mm. Where was there ever a moment where like you were like, ah, oh, I I wrote this thing, I'm directing it, like now I've got to explain to the actors, you know. But they're giving me sass, and it's like this weird thing where it's a kind of a bizarre, controlling thing. It's your world. You're creating this world, and then you have to take the time. You're on set. Did you ever not want to do that? Did you do that? Is that where the fights came from? Because that's there's a lot of stuff happening right there, and it has to be. It's like a different um, I think you're always having to explain yourself. I think that's part of what directing is: is making everyone see it through your eyes and having the ability to just communicate that. Whether it's turning it into like colors for your production designer, clothes for your costume designer, um, like you know, actions and 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 strategies and storytelling things visually with your with your uh, cinematographer and your actors, you're always having to explain yourself. Sometimes you have to do it quicker. And sometimes you have like a day off to explain it all over lunch, but it's never like talking at the actor and telling them, I don't know, Joe can chime in, but I think it was always conversation and negotiation. I think that's all directing is really, is just a lot of negotiation with literally everybody. Um, Joe, I I don't know. Do you agree? Uh, uh, Well, again, back to when I first got to sit into the editing room, it was, so exciting because I landed there and I was like, oh, whoa, Justin had a complete vision in every way and let me live totally freely in that. I mean, because uh, you and I would talk for like two or three hours a day for the whole month and a half leading up to when we started shooting. So by the time we got there, we didn't need to talk too much about anything else. We could just sort of let it kind of, you know, take hold. Hopefully. I mean, unless we were unless we were rewriting the script or unless we were rewriting scenes, like you, Adelaide, and I were like, this isn't working. We need to we need to rewrite this right. dialogue. There was one extreme moment of that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Catherine, Catherine and I would do that sometimes, mm-hmm. too. Oh, there was just one day. It was the last day of the shoot. We Nothing was working in the scene, so I threw Which out scene? the entire... It was the scene where um, Adelaide Clemens' character shows up on uh, Joe's front porch, like saying, surprise, I'm your cousin. You don't know me. I'm your cousin. And he doesn't yeah, believe first her. first interaction of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And then she drives away angry. Nothing was working. They were just both in a huge rut. And so lunch, it was not lunch. It was like two in the morning because it was a night shoot. But we were just like, let's throw out the entire scene. Let's throw out all this dialogue. And just, um, and, and what you see there is basically like, rewritten on the day for the most part. I mean, Catherine and I kept the beginning of the scene pretty much intact, but, but it was the second half of the scene, we got rid yeah. of it, right? It was yeah. so cool because a lot of people, you know, there can be a lot of ego involved in making your movie and writing and directing your movie. And so for somebody on the last day of their shoot to be able to completely trash and rewrite their most their first scene between the two uh lead characters um 
with confidence, that was just, that was pretty cool to be involved in because a lot of people sort of choke up in that moment. And just well, you're talking about, uh, Alexi, you were talking about nervous breakdowns or, or stress. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's having constantly things change around you. So if it's raining, you have to make it a rainy day now on the set or it's not working. I think if you know the story well enough, think little things can change and you can still keep the story basically the same. But if you resist those changes, like if the actor's like, I can't do it this way, you're just trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Whereas if you let the actors kind of say it how they feel comfortable saying it, you get a more natural and spontaneous and real reaction from them. And that's like yeah. more fun and to watch. And when you switch it, Adelaide killed that scene. Well, Adelaide's just on a different planet acting-wise from yeah. most human beings. <laughs> She's just in her in her own world and she really was channeling I guess people she knew when she was little or something because she developed this she said when she read it she's like I want to be a cute girl in a skirt that wears sneakers so she's like this cute tomboy (laughs) but what we called her on set Alexi was like a sexy tornado because she's unpredictable beautiful to look at but destroys everything in her path but yeah. even even though even even though she does that, you still want to watch her and get close to her. Even though you don't want to get too close because she's going to ruin your life. <laughs> but well, you like so almost don't care. <laughs> I think I've been that girl at one point in my life, and I think all of my guy friends have dated that kind of girl, and it's exciting. And they have they're the best in bed. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. But um, oh, wait, there is a certain age thing. where you're, there's a certain yeah. age uh, where you. I mean, a lot of guys don't outgrow the attraction to that girl, the the trouble and the drama. I used to be, like, I used to only, I used to literally only go for girls when I was younger, college, and before college, that had a significant amount of drama or um, mysterious just kind of dread or sadness or something, or or was already in a relationship with someone, so I could be in that awful, like, I was only interested in living this is because I loved storytelling and I loved living a dramatic story. And a girl that was there and available and fairly normal with no major problems wasn't exciting or interesting. There was no story there. And I thank oh, God, God I grew yeah. out of it. So thank oh, God I grew God. out of it. I, I but I was only attracted to that type of girl for so long. I think I'm still living that. I have a very hard time being healthy, but uh, this is going to take me to my next question. Um, Okay. When you guys are when you guys are making a movie, and then we have to we're going to wrap up shortly. But when you guys are making a movie, how do you balance your personal life? Like Joe, you said you're engaged, and Justin, you have a girlfriend. How do you go off do a movie and then also balance and include, you know, your relationship? Uh, well, I think you just put it on hold and hope that. The person uh, understands well enough that you can take that time away, uh, more or less. I mean, I I never feel too disconnected, even though we're uh, geographically apart. But you both have to take a leap of faith, I think, um, because you're going to spend so much time apart, and because it takes so much of your emotional and strength and brain power to have to go and do a movie? Um, I would say, I I don't know. I think it's really important to, if you have a lot of stuff going on, that you should date someone who also has a bunch of shit going on. I don't know. I think that 
really attractive to me personally. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm with someone who really likes alone time and in, independence and, you know, being on our own and is always working on something and can go like a week writing in silence. Uh, she's a writer and she loves like a week without, which is not to say that like she enjoys always being away, but like she uses, if I go off and make a movie, she uses it as a little vacation or residency, you know, <laughs> like where she gets to go do her thing. Um, and that's, that's kind of fun. I also, I read somewhere that the relationships that stay um, healthy the longest are when people are always leaving and coming back. And if you're in oh, the same really? place, if you're in the same place for too long together, mm-hmm. this is what my girlfriend actually tells me. She said that she re- read this somewhere. I don't know where. I'm sure it's somebody famous. But that, you know, relationships <laughs> where people are always leaving and coming back are always the ones that are most successful because you have things to tell the other person and you have, you get to miss them and you get to come back. It's like, you know, if it's too long, it could break apart. And if you're there and you get sick of each other though, I think if you're, I think human beings are meant to like go travel and have new experiences and bring those back into the relationship. And, and, you know, there's this whole Chris Rock sketch where he's like bored. He he comes home and you ask people about their day and, and it's like, he just he screams like I just would love for some new shit to happen to you and and he says something I'm gonna totally butcher it but he says something to the effect of like can you just like go rob a bank or something so that we have something new to talk about but I think but I think that I think that that's true and I think that if you if you're with someone that is constantly leaving and coming back there's there's something exciting it obviously can't be for like years and years but you know, what's a, what's a, an indie movie shoot? What is that, a month, a month and a half, two months at the most? So yeah. you can do that. If you, can do, if you yeah. can't do that, maybe you shouldn't be with the person. I don't know. No, I get it. No, I'm so with you. I love that. Like, I was in a long-distance thing for, like, a year and a half or two years. So the bummer there is, at least when you guys live in the same city and you guys go off to do work in other cities, you're coming back to the same home base. The bummer of, an, of a long-distance thing, which worked for me for a while because I, I do like to miss somebody and – feel all crazy romantic and passionate when when you're back with them but yeah the, mm-hmm. knowing that like you have two separate home bases and if you never end up moving in together kind of like oh what are we doing this for but that was that was That's too true. hard no you did um, how long did gonna, you do long distance i'm gonna let you guys finish your uh your session i don't want to hijack this <laughs> but it's been so much fun thank you for having me Joe, thanks joe thanks for being on boy crazy radio okay go live your thank life you. um Thank you. Oh my God, he's a darling. We actually should, we should wrap up the show. It's it's. Uh, I usually do an hour or go a little bit over an hour. Now it's ten thirty five, and I think I have to, uh, I have to wrap it up. It's all right. Uh, it was a nice surprise for Joe to call in, and and maybe he saved some lives too. I think he saved some lives. He's a he's he's different from his character, isn't he? He seems like his uh he's a lot more, he's you know he's different. There, it, it's a funny thing, those actors being different than in the real life. You never, you never know. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's, um, well, God, what else can we tell everybody? I want, I want everybody to see your film. We can't tell them what, what, where it's coming out next. So I'm gonna, once again, I want to tell everybody. But we will soon on the website. It'll be, well, it'll no, be there. Everybody visit if, if you want to see this movie. And why wouldn't you? Uh, it's called The Automatic Hate. 
you can for updates you can go to theautomatichate.com. You can visit their Twitter at Auto Hate Movie. Visit them on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the automatic hate. And uh oh, what was I gonna say about it? Um you know I have something if you if you want. Yeah. I have um I okay, so this is something I don't know if you've said this on a previous show or someone has said this. But I wanted to spell like a rumor, not a rumor, but a false, a false uh, thing that's said about indie films or films in general. So do you know how sometimes people say that films are like your children? Like when you make a bunch of movies throughout your career, they're like your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's totally, that's total bullshit. And I'll tell you why. You have to love all of your children the same, right? It's just like you have to if you have kids. I don't have any kids. Do you have any kids that you know of? No, not even not no, even okay. one aborted, not, not even a fetus. None, none, none. Okay, so so we we're so we're not the experts on this, but I don't think, I think you have to love all of your children's children the same. Uh, however, I think that each movie you make is like an ex girlfriend uh, or an ex boyfriend, depending on what sex you're dating. And tell me if you like this. I'm trying to work on this um, as a metaphor for for filmmaking, right? So. Even though when you had all these exes that, you know, you fucked up all the time, you made the wrong, you made a lot of mistakes, you learned from them. Um, with each, each movie you make, you get a little bit better because you learn from all the fuck ups of the ones before. But the current one that you're with right now is the one that's the most important to you because it's the culmination of all the mistakes you've made, all of the times that you've yelled or, you know, either... Um, cheated if you have cheated or flirted with a girl if you, you hadn't like that's, that's the same thing as making a movie you 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 know you made bad editing mistakes or whatever I just think that every your your movie career and making indie films is like a collection of all of your ex girlfriends that they've made you into the person that you are right now uh, so you can make the make the movie that you have now and it's the most important one to you right now but it's made you who you are. Uh, do you like that? Should I should I use that, or is it a total stretch for for a metaphor? No, I like it. I would like. To, I I mean, but I just you know I hate to to shoot that theory down, but I I really parents have favorites. I'm sure they have favorites, but they just can't say. <laughs> you think so? Of course they do, but it's all politically correct. But I'm sure they have you know they like you know each one for different reasons, and you know they, overall they're like oh my children, but maybe not but even that. Some, I'm, some, yeah. Some yeah. some parents don't learn from their mistakes with children though. Like I feel like I feel like if you're smart, every mess up you've made with an ex, you've gotten better on the next person you've dated until the current one, which you feel is like you should be with the one that you you're you feel like is the most at the moment anyway. Like you know, uh, right now the automatic hate is the movie that I care the most about. I think it represents the best me possible. But then I'm gonna make another film after this, hopefully, and that one will be because I all the mistakes that I've made on the automatic. The, the only bad part about this theory is like the whole marriage thing. Cause you can't like, I guess it's the last movie you make is the one you marry. Right. Because that's the one that you, you die with, I guess. Is that. I don't know. To I'm end not even, I, I think you're making too many hard, fast rules. I think you, you make a movie. I mean, I'm not even a filmmaker yet. So I, I would like to see one in the future, but I think you make a film. It's, it's, shows where you're at in that moment and you just keep moving. Hopefully you keep growing and learning and having new takes on things and new things you want to explore. I'm just guessing. And then each movie kind of shows where you're at. And then certain people are going to relate to certain one, certain of your films more than others because 
they're at that place too and, and they identify with it, right? Sure, yeah, and each one will, you know, some people will um, like one and really hate the other one or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. That's, let's, that's, let's, not, let's not label people and their emotions. All we want them to do no. right now is to the automatic hate. That's all we need them to do. And I give, I've given all the information. I just also want to let people know, though, one of my favorite girls from uh, True Blood, Deborah. how do you say her name, Deborah Ann Wall? Wall, Deborah Ann Wall. Oh, she is adorable. She, I, 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 was, I finally watched True Blood, and I watched the entire series uh, during my breakup, like when, when my relationship was falling apart. And we would watch mm-hmm. True Blood together, and then I continued to finish the series uh, after my breakup. And that girl, mm-hmm. such a babe with her beautiful skin and her bee-stung lips and her red hair, and she was fantastic in your movie. And who else? Did you She's great. Okay, let me, she, you guys, so Debra, and Deborah Ann's also now in uh, the Netflix series uh, Daredevil as well. She's, that, listen, that's she's in Daredevil. She's in Daredevil. Yeah. She's in the Automatic Hate. Yeah, okay, so this movie stars Joseph Cross, Adelaide Clemens, uh, Adelaide Jay. Clemens, Ricky uh, Jay, yes, Richard yes. Shipps. <laughs> um, I got it all in front of me. Are we gonna, we're reading it twice now. Yes. And, uh, oh, you, you read it. You read it. You no, read it. It's, it's good. I do have, I'm, I'm wrapping up the show, and I, where can people follow you on uh, – do you want people just to go to your uh, – find out uh, about the movie? I have, a, I, ha- I have a Twitter. I have to say I don't tweet very much, but the movie does. Okay. Um, my, my Twitter is just my name all together, uh, at Justin Lerner. Um, there you go. And – the movie's Twitter is auto hate movie, like A U T O hate movie. I already plugged it. I already plugged it. I was just asking if you wanted to. Uh, we're, we're doubling up on all the info. Everybody knows where to go. I'm going to wrap up the show because it's 10:42 p.m. and we've okay. almost gone an extra hour. But thank you for being on Boy Crazy Radio. Thank you for having me, Alexi. It was fun. I think we saved some lives, and uh, we plugged the shit out of everything we need to plug the shit out of, and uh, I'm going to wrap it up. You guys, everybody who's listening and tweeting in and sending in emails, thank you so much for listening to Boy Crazy Radio, sponsored by I'mBoyCrazy.com. Tune in next Wednesday and every Wednesday, same time, same place, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for the live show. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot at Alexi Wasser. You can subscribe to Boy Crazy Radio on iTunes. Uh, and uh, I don't care what everyone else says about you. I love you, and so does Justin Lerner, writer and director of The Automatic Hate. Say goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye, Justin. Bye, everybody. Bye, Alexi. Bye,
Big news! The new Sprint LTE Plus network is faster than Verizon and AT&T based on analysis of a recent study by Nielsen. And to celebrate, we're inviting you to join Sprint for the biggest offer in U.S. wireless history. Switch to Sprint and save 50% on most Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile rates. Yep, you heard that right. No gimmicks, no tricks. You have Verizon 6 gigs for $60, $30 with Sprint. And if you have 15 gigs for $100 from AT&T, $50 with Sprint. Even if you have T-Mobile's 10 gigs for $80, we'll give it to you for $40. And we won't force you to watch video in low def. Oh, and one more thing. We'll even pay your switching fees up to $650 per line so you can switch to the Sprint LTE Plus network today. Visit a Sprint store or Sprint.com slash save 50%. Offer coverage not available everywhere for discounted phones. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, and premium content. Subject to new line, $36 activation fee. Credit valid for in Plans may not be exact match. See website for eligible plans. Offer ends 1716 through 1818. Exclusions and restrictions apply. Contract by the reward card requires online registration.